and we're back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink podcast. I'd like to welcome you. I'm coming to you hot and sweaty from an F45 session. It is actually quarter past seven on a Monday morning, and I thought, what better time to make my debut appearance for the year on the Black Ink podcast. Now, if this is your first Black Ink podcast ever, I would like to welcome you. I am Jake. I'm the person behind Black Ink. Maybe you know me, maybe you don't know me. Maybe you're doing a deep dive into my stuff to figure out who the fuck I actually am. What sort of shit goes on up here? And to be honest with you, it's nothing that crazy. But I do want to start on one note. Someone messaged me the other day. I was like, hey, man, uh, just want, hey, how you going? Like, just touching base. How you going? You know, like, good, hope everything, hope the fucking family's good. Um, was just wondering, like, what pod, what, when you do a podcast, what microphone do you use? And it's like, bro, literally just fucking watch any of them. Watch any of my podcasts. And you know what? I get it. Going to YouTube and typing in black ink and having to click like four or five times and then actually use your eyes to look at something can be difficult for some people. So just go to my Facebook or my Instagram page and look at any of the extracts that I upload. You know? Because like every podcast, you can see the mic in the screen. But that's all good, you know? That's all good, that's fine. So you know what I didn't do? Didn't answer them. I left them on scene. And I didn't even leave them on scene to leave them on scene. I left them on scene because I spent so long thinking about how I'm gonna politely answer that question without saying, just watch one of the podcasts. I spent so long thinking how I can say that politely because I'm not just going to tell you what I use. You know what I mean? Because even though it doesn't take anything away from me, it's disrespecting me that you think it's less energy to communicate with me to find out that piece of information when you can do it for yourself. It's like when I see people posting Kerry Park, Resident, uh, Kerry Park Residents or like Bunbury's Ask It, Answer It, you know, No Rules or whatever, and they ask a question that they can Google or they'll ask, or they don't even like ask a question. They're just like, rain. Like it rained the other day. And I get it. It's like end of January. It's fucking mind blowing that it rained. But the comment, the, 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 stat, the, like, the post was just the word rain. Yeah. Hey, Janet, I know it's raining. Okay. But thanks for your contribution. Thanks for your input. Now, I have actually taken a little bit of a hiatus between probably January 1st is when I last uploaded a podcast, which is with the uh, very fun uh, podcast guest Shaz. Uh, in the meantime, we've actually released this shirt and a like baby crop tee sort of thing, one of those tight short tees that girls wear. Um, so we've uh, released that. I've actually made all of them and sold all of them and delivered all of them. So that project has officially kind of come to an end. Um, and yeah, I... It's crazy to think that I had such a break that that whole project has taken place in the time that I've been away. But with that said, I really did need some time away from the podcast. And it's not that I specifically need time away from the podcast. It's there's so many elements to my business now that I really need to be responsible and not just being flat out all the time. Like I would love to just post three times a day, every day on all my social media, but it's just not possible because <clears throat> there's only a certain amount of energy there's only a certain amount of bandwidth and I don't want to over exhaust or allocate myself and then the price that I pay is having less energy or time for my family or for my hobbies or for myself or for my recovery, the things that really matter, you know, those kind of platinum foundation things that you need to be correct, otherwise nothing really makes sense on top of it. So I thought the podcast, and this is the thing, the podcast isn't actually a lot of energy. Uh, the formula behind it is pretty crazy, like I've done you know, over a thousand hours of podcasting and editing and uploading and, 
and you know finding the guests and having the conversation and doing the podcast where you didn't press record or you didn't get or the audio wasn't right and there's no return there's no monetary return people sometimes talk about it um, it's a very useful tool to have long-form conversations with people that you're interested in and not have any interruptions and kind of be forced just to sit there and talk to each other but otherwise it's a super like it's a super thought thought provoking process that it does take energy it takes a lot of concentration and, and energy like energy as in like nah, it doesn't matter it takes a lot that's the point that's what i'm saying so i gave myself a nice month off i tried to record a podcast and look it's not even the end of january and i'm recording my second podcast because i recorded my first podcast which i fucking did the intro for like 17 times and the audio didn't work on the one that actually worked and i ended up recording an hour-long podcast but you know what? Who fucking cares? Okay? Because we're here. We're living. It's Monday morning. We did our 45. And you know, I rode my push bike. Long story. Riz had night shift last night. So I I thought, yeah, I'll still go to F45 by myself first time. Because, you know, big boy, pull my socks up. I thought I'll, I'll ride there. That's a bit of a warm up. You know, it's like, what? Maybe like 8Ks or 12Ks or something. I'll ride there, warm up, lock my bike up, go do the thing and then ride home. Little did I know... Little did I know that this is like, they're like, oh, by the way, we're doing like an initiation today. We're going to fucking, we're going to give you some targets that you're going to try to reach. But if you don't reach them, that's fine. You're a pussy. But hey, there's targets up there. If you make it happen, you make it happen. So it's like you do this one and then you kind of gauge like where you're at. Like you're meant to count all of your shit and remember what you did without writing it down. Anyway, the, the formula is... A lot of the stuff about F45 drives me insane, but I love the idea that before like 6 a.m. every day, I've been sweaty, I've got everything moving, that exercise thing, I've just got it out of my mind, you know, it's done, you know what I mean? Just this done, it's done. Someone's like, hey, you wanna go for a run? You're like, shut the fuck up, I've already done my exercise today. Oh, but there's like a runner's high afternoon, I smoke weed to get high, dude. You fucking pussy going for runs. That's not how I actually feel. But who runs? You know what I mean? Who runs? But yeah, it's good that... It's good that, like, you know, it's got that routine where, you know, you just go there, they pick all the exercises, all you have to do is just do the actual exercise. So, I do appreciate that about it, but this idea of, like, oh, we're doing a 45-day challenge or something, and again, like, I get it, you've got to do marketing and promotion and shit to kind of make your brand seem more valuable than... Not seem more valuable than what it is, but add more value to your brand wherever possible. So obviously they're doing that through this 45 day challenge thing. And this is like day one. So you do this on day one and day 45. And by day 45, you have that active comparison of like, oh yeah, I got better because I could only do, you know, four and a half burpees before and now I can do seven and a half burpees. So, and by the way, I'm definitely talking about the jump as the half because the other half is... Are you meant to do a push-up on a burpee, or is it just like a, you kind of lay down and push yourself back up? Yeah, I could definitely do more than four and a half if it's more than pushing yourself up, but unimportant. Look, a lot has happened in the past month, and I've actually got a lot of exciting news to talk about because, you know, busy boy, always got things going on. So let's start with, let's start with the most recent thing, and we'll work our way back if I can remember it, you know? So I got nominated for the Active Citizen of the Year in Bunbury, which is like a, apparently a very prestige, not apparently, this is like, like I've, I say apparently because I've come to learn this after being nominated. It's not really something I knew about before I got the phone call saying, hey, you've been nominated. 
um, but it's like the most prestigious award you can win on a local level um, within the city of Bunbury. So every Australia Day, they award one group, uh, one young active citizen and one active citizen. So basically like, you know, you've got one person, then you've got someone under 25 in the same category, and then you've got like a group or an organization that are doing things. And like the things that make you uh, nominatable, you know, so the reason that someone might nominate you is that you do a lot of work around the community, you're activating the, the community as much as possible, you're doing things that are like inspiring. I don't, I don't know the exact terminology for it, but it's along those lines. You kind of, you know, you're a motherfucker, you're making things happen, you, you, you're stirring the pot. So as it turns out, there was a little bit of a, um, it's funny because like once I said I've been nominated to some of my friends, they're like, oh really, you got nominated? It's like, oh, this motherfucker nominated me. Oh, they did as well. And then like I told like Larissa's mum and she's like, oh, what did you get nominated for? And everyone's like, don't act like you don't know what he's talking about. And I was like, oh, even she nominated me. So it was kind of cool to find out that so many people around me in my circle nominated me like two months ago and just no one said anything. It's crazy. It's bloody crazy. And then to get that call to say, hey, you've been nominated as the active citizen of the year. There's going to be a ceremony on, on Australia Day. You know, come down, do this, rah, rah, rah. It's, uh, you know, to be honest with you, like, to be honest, it's one of those things where, like, it's just, like, I've worked so hard for so long. It's kind of weird now to get recognition for it. And I'm not saying that ungratefully. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like I'm so dialed into what I'm doing and I'm so just in tune to the stuff that kind of matters uh, to me, that's very relevant to me, right? And again, I'm trying to like make sure I really don't sound insincere in what I'm saying because I do mean, I'm just saying like, to do what I'm doing requires me to be fully focused on just my shit. And I live very much by intuition. I live very much just by like, if the wind is blowing that direction, that means I'm meant to go that direction, right? So I try not to pay attention to any noise outside of that. I don't even like lo like watching TV shows that are like too intense. I don't, I don't like... I don't like watching different movies and shit on the weekend and picking up on these other narratives because it takes me off my track. It makes me start thinking about shit that doesn't matter, right? So this award is so far out of my field that when I like got told about it, I'm like, obviously you get excited. You're like, wow. It's kind of like when you get a certificate in, in school and you're like, yeah, I'm the motherfucker for the month, you know? Like, I'm the one. I got that award like once and it's like when everyone else has got the award. Like, look, better give it to Jake as well. What are we going to give it, give it to him for? It's like, oh, we'll just say that he's, he's, he's a very, um, again, he's a very active participant in anything that requires him not to pay attention for longer than three minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah, write that down. They're like, can't write that. It's like, just fucking write it down. It's like, this is merit certificate for merit. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it's really hard throwing out jokes and not knowing if, you know, the response is so helpful. So to hear this, I was really excited. I was really happy. I was like, cool. And then when like, you know, at the end of the day, when you've had time to, you know, the, the water settles again, you kind of think about it and you do a bit of research on it. And then you realize like, damn, like this is someone else's deal. Like this is definitely someone else's deal. It's outside of my like... Um, it's outside of, dude, I gotta turn the aircon off. I didn't even think about that. My apologies. 
Wow, oi, get more tangled in fucking less time. Are you kidding me, dude? Bird fucking came and made a nest while I was away. I'm sorry for everyone listening to this on headphones. You know what drives me wild is when you like have your noise cancelling headphones in and you're having a phone call with someone who's like, you know, walking upstairs or having sex or something and you're just like, bro, are you fucking, are you trying to chew loudly or are you trying to like do exercise in the middle of this phone call or, you know, is there something more important going on that I need to know about right now? And they're like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm just fucking getting some stuff done. It's like, yeah, well, just don't get stuff done while you're on the phone because I'm only going to talk to you for like five, seven minutes. Then you get to move on with the rest of your life. So just stop what you're doing and make this your main priority. Obviously hurt inside if I'm saying it like that. Maybe I need a... Anyway, it was cool to have that kind of recognition. I keep on saying the same thing over and over, but that's all it is. It's all it is. And it's kind of interesting because now I'm forced to... Well, not forced to. I guess I'm just really interested in exactly like, what is the city? You know what I mean? What is community? And I'm working on this big project at the moment, which is really forcing me to understand like gathering and people and community and society and hierarchy and leadership and understanding how planning and organizing and everything kind of ties in. And then you start to realize like all of these beautiful things that are around you are around you because somebody or a group of people planned them and executed them. They had a vision. And they said, right, that's something that I take serious enough that I want to make happen. Then they made it happen. And obviously, a lot of this comes down to government. You know, a lot of people, that word kind of carries this negative connotation, this cloud that follows it. But, and I think that's obviously because we've built so much distrust in government and so much, what what would you say, like, so much just like divide, it feels like the government are like those people. It's like those people who wear like iron shirts and shoes that are uncomfortable, you know, like that's their deal. And when there's a decision to be made, like I kind of feel like, you know, who am I to ha- have that sort of decision? Like you, you're going to, you make a water park or you're going to fix a road or something like, dude, I fucking make t-shirts. Don't, don't, don't listen to it. You know, that's what government feels like. And then government like realizes that I'm doing something. It's like, dude, I'm, I take videos of people doing burnouts on Harleys. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's not what I do, but essentially, you know, if you wanted to not bat in my favor, you could say that. It's like, well, what, we're going to reward this guy for... But then when I heard what they said when I came up to the stage, and it is a bit of a blur, because obviously I was like, ah, you know, adrenaline, your heart's beating, you feel cool. I'm the only person up there wearing shorts, which is super cool. Um, And also probably like the youngest person up there by, you know, 150 years or something. Oh no, there was that one other young chick. Anyway, so when when I uh, got called up, you know, they were saying that I got a, you know, obviously I got my skate crew and that I do podcasts with uh, prominent business owners in Bunbury, which like, and help just like spread the news about their business and what they're doing and their story and stuff like that. And then I started to understand like how that is valuable to them and why that is important because I really do see myself in a bit of bubble, in a bit of a bubble. And as I said, I keep myself in a bubble uh, a certain amount just so that I can stay focused on the bubble. But then I kind of realized like, well, this bubble is a part of a bigger bubble. And that bubble is part of a bigger bubble again and, and again and again. And that keeps on going on until you get the globe, which is the biggest bubble. And even then you're existing inside the universe, which is a bigger bubble, but it's a matrix, so it doesn't matter. But when I understood what that value is, It was like an immediate feeling of being connected 
to this community in such a more purposeful way. I understood how the things that I'm doing and the plans that I'm making and the things that I'm trying to execute, they're not just important to my community, they're important to the community. They're important to everyone. Because even the people that aren't involved, people that are like sitting back and just like hearing echoes of Black Ink or Jake Kerr or whatever it might be, like they're the next motherfuckers. Like you don't know if in 15 years time, it's like, oh yeah, there was that guy and he did this and he did that and he did that. And then I just saw him riding his push bike and Dale up one day and I realized he was just a guy riding a push bike, you know, because I've fully had that realization where I, I have like switched to understanding like, oh, oh, Tom Cruise has showers. Tom Cruise washes himself with soap. God damn it. God damn it. What the fuck? I thought once you got to a certain level of, of celebrity that you didn't wash yourself anymore. But of course he does. You know, of course he does. And he has horrible breath when he wakes up. And there's food that he likes and food that he doesn't like. And there's some stupid thing that he has in his head that happened to him when he was a kid and now it just plays over and over and over and over. You know, just like a saying or something funny that happened or something that makes him smile or a smell that reminds him of a teacher that he had when he was young. Because he is a human just like you. So I understand why I got the nomination. Now, did I win? No, I didn't. And you know what I realized while I was standing up on stage, surrounded by people that went to school with Jesus? Okay, too far. That's too far. I'm being disrespectful because I'm a bad dude, you know? I'm being disrespectful because I'm a... Well, anyway, I'm not a bad dude. I just took it too far. So, when I was up there, I realized I have all the time in the world, you know? These people weren't old as fuck, but they were my seniors. And I realized, like, oh... This is a nomination. At 30. At 30. At 27, we were driving road trains. And at 30, you got, non, uh, got a nomination for active citizen. So I just, I can take, you know, I, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm okay with that, you know? And I think even when I turned 30, which I've been 30 now for just about two months, when I turned 30, I remember I had this friend where every time he talks about turning 30 when he was 29, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to be 30 soon. I'm going to have to give up the darts. I'm going to have to fucking stop doing this. I'm going to have to take, start taking this seriously and fight a girl. And, and I realized, like, he was scared of being 30. Like he, hadn't, like, like, he hadn't thought about it. Like, he hadn't thought during his 20s, like, I better make the most of this because one day I'm not going to be this. One day I'm going to be something different. And I feel like if you're worried about being 30... You're wasting time. You should be enjoying being 30. Because there's going to be a day you're going to be 31. There's going to be a day you're going to be 40. There's going to be a day you're going to be 55 and wish that you could be 30 just, just for an hour. Just so you can take a nice deep breath and your body works and the people around you are happy and this person's still alive and you had that particular pet at that time and you were, you were in love or you weren't in love or you were heartbroken or you really were going through a phase of doing this or doing that. And there is something so fucking freeing about that feeling. And then there's something so meaningful when you can activate that. And when you can activate that, not just as something where you go like, oh, I'm going to really be grateful that I'm 30. You know, I'm going to really be grateful that like, you know, I can do this and my shoulders don't crack and everything works and I can pick things up and I can put things down and I can be useful to people. I can be useful to myself. I can get myself in situations. And I do trying to do that over and over and over until it's not just like this thing that you're steering in that direction. It's just your mantra. It's like, fuck yes, I'm 30. I'm in my prime. 
You know, like as a male, this is probably the best that I'm ever going to look as far as having youth on my side, accessibility, uh, you know, full function. This is it. This is it. From here, I'm going to start getting chest pains and that other knee's going to start hurting and we're going to have to stop doing this or stop eating gluten or, you know, rah, 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 rah. But right now, everything's fucking awesome. And being able to relax into that and being like, yes, I'm in my 30s now. And there's things that I don't do anymore. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I just simply just don't let myself smoke cigarettes. And it's not that I'm not a smoker. It's the, and when I say, and this is the thing, you know what, let's talk about this for a second, man, because like, I feel this is something that, that is like a real thing that a lot of people have going on in their mind, but it's not spoken about. And this is cigarettes, you know, and I hate having any sort of leniency for something that is horrible for your health, right? But at the same time, if you think responsibly, how can I have a problem? How can I, how can I say, oh, like, I don't smoke cigarettes, they're bad for you. And then go do wheelies on motorbikes. Statistically speaking, I'm more likely to die on the motorbike than to have a cigarette every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, I know if you... Actually, I'm not sure how those statistics measure up. Like, if you're riding your motorbike every day or you're smoking cigarettes every day, obviously depends on both of them. Are you riding for 12 hours? Are you smoking a pack a day? Whatever it is. But, you know, reasonably, if you're riding to and from work every day and you're having half a dozen cigarettes a day in a parallel universe, uh, who's got... Who's statistically more likely to die? You know, because of the thing that they're doing. So... I mean, look, most of the time, people who partake in some risky behavior partake in a lot of risky behavior, risky behavior, which by default raises their statistical chance of dying from the action that they're doing, right? And I get that. But I can't sit here and say that I don't smoke because it's bad for my health and then eat a bag of lollies before I go to bed. Like, it's all the same shit. It just has a different name. It just gives you a different feeling. That's all it is, you know? Like, and, and realistically, that's all of life is just you're trying to stimulate different feelings, you know? And whether you're looking for a life of longevity and, and good feelings or whether you're looking for a life of, like, just immediate fucking satisfaction, either brought on by drugs or sugar or nicotine or sex or whatever it might be, you're doing it all for a feeling. You're doing it... You know, even when you invest in yourself or you invest in your family by spending time with them and loving them, it's because you want the feeling of when you're 60 to have gone like, you know what, I got fucking 30 years with this person. You know, I got the best part of both of our lives with this person. It's all for a feeling, for the feelings in between and to get to the end to have that feeling. So when you look at cigarettes, like, I really like to break down like, what exactly am I getting from this? When I, when I draw on that cigarette, what is the feeling that I'm actually getting and do I like the feeling and then the feeling afterwards and then the feeling after that and after that and after that and all the things that are caused because of the cigarette, even the feelings leading up to it, the thoughts about it, the okay, if I'm going to have a cigarette, I'm, you know, ideally if I'm going to smoke a cigarette, there's two times I like it, first thing in the morning or like last thing at night. I don't really like cigarettes. I don't like cigarettes in the sun. I don't like cigarettes in the real cold. I don't like cigarettes in the wind, but I do like cigarettes. Okay. Hey, said cigarettes 14,000 times in under fucking 90 seconds. All good. So, I let myself smoke cigarettes. Now, I don't smoke though, right? I don't smoke. But this idea that, you know, like people say they recreationally smoke or they, they socially smoke and they do it when they drink just makes me wonder, you know, like, 
Uh, it's part of a bigger conversation now that I think about it because people who don't smoke at all because they have like, and this is one thing I've learned about myself, they don't like, they don't have any control, like they're addicted. When you're addicted to something, people don't realize that it's, it's your voice telling you to do the thing that is bad for you. That's what addiction is. And I think like, I remember being a kid and saying like, oh, I'll start smoking and quit smoking just to show you how easy it is. And obviously like that's extreme naivety talking and bravo young Jake, I fully respect the badass mentality I had back then. Dude, that was back when I was in the middle of being a soft cock kid as well. I had nothing going for me. Like when I started skating, I had a kind of something going for me, but that was back when I was just like living in Port Hedland, shaved head, no friends because we moved every 10 minutes in a class with like fucking 27 girls. And I was like one of two white kids as well. It was like, just who the fuck do you think you are to start smoking literally the world's most addictive substance and then just give it up? Give it up because you're looking for something to do. You're looking for a new hobby. So you're just going to start smoking cigarettes and just go, you know what? I'm addicted. Ha ha, you know? But, and the crazy part is, is I think about it and I still have that mentality now. Like I still have that, oh, nothing's impossible. The only reason I don't do heroin is because I don't have access to it. Nah, it's not true, mum. Don't worry. But the point being is that I think that idea where you either are a smoker or you are not a smoker and the people who have like, oh yeah, I haven't had a cigarette for, you know, like, and they always tell you in days like, oh, I haven't had a cigarette for like 973 days. You're like, so that's like, it's like, it's like almost three years, I guess. And they're like, oh, no, 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 it's 900. Yeah, oh, cool, man, cool. Anyway, you got the badge or? And like, I get that, I get that, you know, because... It's kind of like nangs. You can never have just one nang. I guess there are people out there where they can't have just like one cigarette. But I definitely feel like, you know, oh no. And like, you know, you know, like I, I tried not to plan these things, but you'll be, you'll be, you'll be just having a Saturday. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and someone's invited me to a thing. And I do have three cans here. So I'll just have them and we'll see what happens. And then like skip to all of a sudden it's 10 o'clock and you're like, I'm written off. Let's get some cigarettes, start looking around, you know, pack of rollies over there, got some Winnie Blues over there, you're like, I'll talk to him first, and if he's no good, we'll hit up her, alright, then you go out there and you find out they're fucking the gel blast ones, and you're like, dude, suck me off, I'm going to smoke some, ta- some rollies, so I'll always start the smoking when it's like, when you're in it, when you're in it, you know, when you're so thick and being pissed that like, it's literally hard to see things, you're just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you can hear them all good. Actually, you can probably hear them louder than normal. Like, being pissed has some quality to it where you're just like, it amplifies most things, but then just like retards other things like your vision and like your ability to like balance and stuff like that. I don't really rate being pissed, by the way. I'm more of a, I'm more of the sort of person, uh, I don't know. I've learned just lately that like that bit before getting pissed is really cool. But unfortunately, you don't. You only get to experience it once when you're drinking, like in a session. It's like the come up of alcohol. I like that part. But regardless, I always find by the end of the night, on those nights when I've like decided to turn it on, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to smoke cigarettes. And it's weird because this is like the way you hold joints is like this. And it's like, I like to be a fuckhead about it and smoke my cigarettes like this. Get going. 
I don't smoke my cigarettes like that. But it'd be fun though, right? <laughs> Stupid. But I always find by the end of the night on those jobs, I'm always happy to just like, oh yeah, nah, cool, I'm done smoking. And you know, you have the bit of the emotional turmoil over the next couple of days, depending on how many cigarettes you smoke from the nicotine withdrawals. But other than that, like I never have a problem. Like I'm not the sort of person who, because I smoked on Saturday night, I have to go start, you know, like I'll grab a pack just to get through the weekend. If I went really hard, I'll definitely like keep a couple cigarettes for the next day. And you're like, I just, I let myself have them as I want them. But then like, as soon as that day is done, like, dude, fuck you. You're going to keep smoking cigarettes while you're a smoker now? You smoke cigarettes, dude? Look at yourself, you know? And then I just stopped smoking. So I think I, I felt so passionate about this that I, I thought I had something to say, like a greater point. But I guess what I'm saying is that I smoke cigarettes occasionally. Yeah, but you know, life is long. I, that might change. I might turn into a pack a day guy and I might just decide to, to never smoke again, you know? And that's the real, that's the juice of life. I feel like that's when you really get to, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you just got to decide something that doesn't even make sense and then just go fucking do it, right? It just go do it. Like I had the city of Bunbury, I drew from the city of Bunbury, sit me down and say, Jake, look, you do stuff, black ink, you know, super exciting to see that there's stuff going on in Bunbury that you're involved with. We'd like you to, or not we'd like you to, but like, you know, if you can host an event, like we can help you fund that event. So I'm like, hey, that's super cool. Let me do some research. And I came up with this awesome idea, Roller Jam, which is basically an outdoor, well, let me start from the start. Start from the start. I would like to present to you Roller Jam 2023, Bunbury's first outdoor roller disco, proudly brought to you by Black Ink. And Roller Jam is gonna be an excellent example of what I have to offer this beautiful town, Bunbury. And look, you're probably wondering exactly, what is Roller Jam? Roller Jam is a marvel of food trucks, a food truck spectacular, if you will, that surrounds an outdoor skating rink. This outdoor skating rink is gonna be a beautiful big size and have a DJ on one end, we're gonna have the lights, we're gonna have the smoke machine, we're gonna have the full nostalgic vibes of a 1970s, early 1980s roller disco, okay? And even if you don't have your own skates or blades, if you do, you can bring them, but if you don't have your own skates or blades, you can hire some on the night. We have roller skates and roller blades in kids sizes all the way up to adult sizes, which means that you can come down, get yourself a feed, have a bit of a skate around, spend some time with the family. We've got a full chill out zone where you can hang out on beanbags, sit at the table and chairs, have a bit of a conversation, enjoy time with your family and friends, and then bang, rip onto the skating rink, have a bit of a boogie with your, with your, with your posse, with your crew, with your click. You understand what I'm saying? And then when you've got that sweat on, you can wrap it up, jump in the car and head home because you are going to be worn out after all of that food and skating action. I'm excited about this. This is all going to happen on the 29th of April. It is kicking off at 4 p.m. and goes until 8 p.m. at night. We're going to have plenty of games and activities on the skate rink. And as I said, you have skate hire on the night. So you don't have to have your own skates or blades. You can come down and just have a good time rolling around with us now. You're gonna start seeing little marketing and promotional bits and pieces here and there. You're gonna see things on Instagram, on Facebook, on my website, on the Roller Jam website. I'm gonna try to get on TV, on the newspaper, and on the radio. I'm also getting myself on the billboards all around the Southwest. I'm gonna be talking to Facebook groups. I'm gonna be doing a lot of word of mouth, talking to local business owners, talking to local shops and hospitality and retail. 
I'm also going to be trying to engage with as many sporting groups and kind of like niche subcultures as I can. I'm also going to be talking to my people up in Perth who are part of Perth Outdoor Rollerblading and try and get as many people down for the event as well. We're going to have a full media team on site. We're going to have a full ambulance presence just in case someone decides to do something too crazy and outside of their skill range. And we're also going to have a merch tent, which means you can take a piece of nostalgic merchandise home with you, maybe something with Roller Jam or Mr. Roller or something. I've already developed all the media package. Well, tell a lie, I haven't. I was heavily inspired by one of my mentors who basically did it for me because, hey, you know, your boy's still in his apprenticeship of all of this graphic design and stuff like that. So, basically, this is my presentation of Roller Jam to you, okay? And for the five people who listen to this podcast and for the, for the three who watch on YouTube, I am personally welcoming you and inviting you to Roller Jam. I'm very excited about this. As of today, right now, which is Monday, January the 30th, 2023, we have officially 89 days until the event, which means you have plenty of time to book time off work or to tell your significant other that we're doing something on this weekend or whether you need to, you know, maybe buy yourself a pair of skates and start learning how to skate. You've got plenty of time to get excited about this. You've got plenty of time to tell other people about this. That is going to be my most strongest and useful asset is the word of mouth marketing and promotion. So if you can tell people or if you can get them involved or I don't know, just help me out a little bit. You know what I mean? Help me out. Just do the right thing, okay? Now, one thing I have noticed is in all of my research and understand like, dude, I'm trying to get a thousand people over four hours and to be honest with you, Come here. I want to get more than a thousand people. I want to get like five thousand people. I want to do five times better than what I'm anticipating. You understand? But don't tell anyone. I have noticed that running an event like this, and like I've done little events at clubs, and um, obviously, you know, we did, you know, like last year, for example, I did a, a beer pong tournament. I did like a, a reoccurring, uh, like, what would you call it? It was like just an event night at 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 a bar. I did a 22-inch pizza eating competition. We did a few rounds of that. Uh, I did my uh, the, the Black Ink Easter Sunday sesh at Lost Bills for the second time in a row. We did that two years. I'm, I don't know if I'll do it this year because we don't have Maddie. Point being, I've done a few events. So I, under, I understand like logistics, security, hiring stuff, getting all your hardware, getting your sound right, getting your lighting right, da, da, da. But this is another level. This is actually, no, this is about three levels, right? So you've got like what I was doing and then you've got Something, 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 and then and then you've got this, okay? So this is literally like at least four hours a day, five days a week, the entire time. And I've had this going on, not at that intensity, but I've had this in the background, working on things, having conversations, talking to people, doing planning. And I tried to execute this for Saturday just being, actually. And I realized like two months ago, like this is nowhere near enough time. And over Christmas and New Year, it's the wrong time to be doing this. Let's push it out as far as we can according to the weather. So I researched the last three years weather patterns and I realized, right, you kind of want to go mid-April. Now, the reason I didn't go mid-April is because mid-April is actually the school holidays between term one and term two. You have Anzac Day on the Tuesday back of the first week of term two, which means you're going to have every Tom, Dick and Harry taking off the Monday and getting themselves a five-day weekend on the last week of the school holidays. Now, when I say that out loud, you would think, why? That doesn't make any sense. There's already gonna be heaps of people on the road, and the reason is because people are fucking stupid, okay? People go like, oh wait, 
is everyone going to be going to the place that I want to go to? Hey, hey, honey, honey, wrap up. The, come on, come on, pack up this shit. We've got to get, we got to get going. There's going to be people there. Come on, we've got to fight for a spot. No, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Just pack up the camper. What? The camper? What do you mean the camper van's got a fuck wheel bearing? We haven't used it in eight months. How's it got a fuck wheel bearing? Well, just go anyway. I'm sure it'll be fine. Come on, come on. Just pack the kids. Pack, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like that, right? That's what they do. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go on the last week of the school holidays. I'm not going to, especially not going to go because that Anzac Day thing. So I was like, cool. What about the next weekend? 29th of April. That's perfect. Bro, that's perfect. Wait, you're telling me that GTM is on the 6th of, the 6th of May? So GTM is the following weekend. You mean that we are going to have a five-day weekend and then we're going to have the roller jam and then we're going to have GTM in Bunbury? A fucking trifecta of weekends all back to back to back? Hey, hey, get me out of the oven because I'm done. I'm done. All right? And you're probably wondering, Jake, why did you do this? I did this for you. I did this because I fucking care about you. All right? And I know it sounds like I'm being silly, and I'm a silly boy, okay? I am being silly, but I need you to understand something. Roller Jam, when I think about it, when I see it in my head, you know, like when I really think about it, I see it, the sun's going down, the sun sets at like 5.40, right? And I was talking about the weather patterns before, we're going to come back to that. The sun sets at 5.40 on the 29th of April, 2003, and the sky's like, you know, like that darkish kind of orange, you know, like normally it's like kind of a bluish of the sun setting, but it's like a real fucking orange, like a Bunbury orange. And you can see the stars before the, before the light's completely dissipated. It's like one of those like magical evenings. It's like 19 degrees. It's 19 degrees. So it's a little bit cold, which means that if you're on the rink and you're skating around, it's perfect, right? It's perfect. But if you're just sitting back and you're eating one of them German wiener dogs or whatever they're called with the onion and the mustard from one of the food trucks, from one of the like 25, 30 food trucks that are around, which means even if you didn't want the wiener dog, You've got like another 24 options. Are you kidding me? You almost didn't want to get this because there's like so many other options, but you got this, but maybe you've got a little bit of a, so you got like a long sleeve on because it's like not, it's not cold, but it's not, you know, it's not warm sort of thing. It's one of those nights, you know? And yeah, it could be a little bit warmer, but I'm happy with 90 degrees. That's perfect, right? Now, whoa, went deep down that, down that fucking rabbit hole. The weather is absolutely perfect. And when I think about like, what this actually looks and feels like, dude, man, it's just like community. It's like a beehive of people just having fun. You know when you like listen to a crowd of people and there's like someone randomly laughing and there's kids running around having fun and there's that baby over there that's crying and there's these people talking about work over here and there's like someone ordering some, some chicken treat over here and there's that person that you know that's like giving you the nod as they walk past and you know what I mean? It's that. It's being connected. It's having that, dude, it's having that like a reason to collect. It's a reason to gather. That's why this is literally for you, right? Because that doesn't happen without a bunch of individuals making individual choices to check it out, right? And, and like I make it so that the reason for you is that there's food there's skating, there's entertainment, there's a, there's a visual marvel. I try and add as much value as I can. But the true value that comes from this is the participation of people. It's that we get to do this together, right? And I get it. Skating is a dorky sport. 
I'm extremely fucking good at skating and I feel like a dork if I'm doing it by myself. But if I'm doing it with someone else, it's different. I'm not a skater, we are skaters. We are going skating together. And then if I'm doing this with people that I don't know, well, the pressure's off. The pressure's off. I might start wearing some funky disco flares with a little like mesh singlet and do two plaits instead of one and maybe some see-through glasses that are made in the shape of stars. Why? Because I'm just in a group, man. I'm just chilling. We're skating. We're having fun. You know, listen to the music. Enjoy. And even if you're not skating, you watching a bunch of people do that will make you happy. Right? Dude, this shit is magical. This shit is magical. Like, I can't elaborate enough when I think about this and when I see this in my mind. It's so essential for me to do because it will be so amazing. It will be so good. So many people will be happy. And like I said, the kid who goes to that now that in 15 years time says, that guy ran that roller disco, which means I can do this. Because I know running a roller disco isn't that important. It's not that significant. It's not something that will change the world, but it could change someone's world. And that's the whole fucking point. That's what we're trying to do, right? I know that it doesn't move the scale of humans' progress, but God damn it, it moves the scale a little bit in Bunbury, doesn't it? It gives you something fun to do on a Saturday night at the very least, but maybe you find a new hobby that you love doing. Maybe I get to give that to someone. The gift that someone gave to me, how much I've got out of roller skating in my life, which is too much to bring up on one podcast, let alone try and paraphrase into one sentence. The amount that I've got out of roller skating, I might get to gift that to just one person that night, one person. But I don't think that's the case. I think I'm gonna give it to like 100 people. I think 100 people will leave there and buy skates the next day. They'll be come down to the, to the skating sessions that we host every Monday and Thursday. And even coming to that, like, oh, cool, so you're just running this, this roller disco so you can get more people to your group. I don't make any fucking money off the group, right? <laughs> like, I do it because I like skating. That's why I'm there. That's why I'm there every Monday and Thursday. Even if no one else is going to show up, I'm there because I am skating and I love skating. So, fuck yeah. They might come down to the group and start skating with us on Mondays and Thursdays. Or they might go to the rink and start learning how to do some figure skating or how to do some roller hockey or some speed skating. You know? How magical is that? So I am literally, I am sincerely saying this as if it is my purpose because it is. I do this for you. So whoever you are, come down to the Roller Disco, April 29th, we start at 4 p.m. I'm excited to see you there. Make sure you come up and say hello to me because I'm not going to be flat out all night. So just come up and say hello, okay? And I, I, again, I just I have this problem where everything I sound sounds suck. Everything I say sounds sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. Even if I am busy, dude, fuck what I'm doing. Come and say hello, all right? In other news, in other news. And look, it fucking, it does hurt me to say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I went and saw Tom Segura live up in Perth at the Perth Convention Center with my friend. And very let down, very let down. So if you're unaware, Tom Segura is a, um, I'm pretty sure he's a Texas-based comedian now. He was an LA-based comedian. He's part of a, not a group, but he's part of the kind of like that Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, Chris D'Elia, Eric Griffin, Brendan Sharp, kind of that group of comedians, which are like very, they're kind of like the cool kids in the comedians corner, I guess. And obviously like between them have like 43 billion follows on all the social medias. Uh, Tom Segura is meant to have been 
in Australia twice before already. Once of them, I had tickets to go see him and then he booked a movie and just cancelled his Australian tour. The second time was, a, you know, a minute before coronavirus came and ended up just, you know, obviously not coming because of coronavirus. And then this time was like, he's lost all the weight. He spent half the time making jokes about Australia, which like, dickhead, we've got like four fucking comedians here that have all made jokes about koalas having chlamydia. I don't care, you know? And even if it was your opener that made that specific joke, by the way, next next time, can you bring a fucking opener who cares about opening the show? Like, both of you doing this thing, we're like, oh, I'm so jet-lagged. I don't fucking care. Dude, it's your job. How many plane trips have you had in the past couple of months? Actually, you know what? How many plane trips have you had your whole career? So you know how it works? I don't fucking care if you're jet-lagged. Do your job, okay? Do your job. That's like the kid at McDonald's coming up and he's like, oh, I made your burger, but I left the lid off the bun because I got pissed last night. Oh, okay, I'll just go without a lid on this burger. Dude, I drove from Bunbury, fucked around, got food, had some drinks, did the thing, went to your show. I still have to drive back to Bunbury and get in bed at midnight for you to make jokes about being so fucking out of it because you're jet lagged. No, no, no. You've got a set, bitch. You didn't come fucking 20,000 kilometers across an ocean to not have a set prepared. So do your set. Don't try new shit on us. Don't try and do contextual shit for, for Australia. This is your first show for Australia. Do the jokes that you've got planned. Do them well and fuck off. All right? That was such a letdown. And then like... Understand, I'm saying this as constructive criticism because the man is amazing as an artist. He's amazing as a businessman. He's amazing as a um, as an executor, I guess. You know, obviously he has his entire studios, uh, you, the your mum's house studios, which um, are an umbrella for a heap of really good podcasts, and the majority of them I actually listen to, uh, which is obviously like your mum's house, where my mum's at, uh, Doctor Drew's podcast. On occasion, I listen to the Danny Brown podcast. That all fall, falls under his umbrella so that's amazing and he is very very good quality and has heaps of value on a podcast and i thought well if this dude can come up with this shit on the fly then the stuff that he's finely tuned for for an audience in another country like this must be nuts you know he's got jokes that fucking bang 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 and the way the i kind of gauge a comedian on how they talk about other comedians and who they respect and it's like he is perfectly aligned with someone that I would assume has really fire material. And I didn't get that experience. And to be honest with you, I was like, I was kind of fangirling in a way where I thought this, I was fangirling in a way where I thought it doesn't really matter what he says, I'm going to have fun, you know? And then to like get two or three jokes in, it's like, oh, we're still on the you're tired and you're in Australia thing. Like, yeah, we know. Your opener spent 19 out of 20 minutes making Australia jokes and comparing shit to America and making references to America that we have no idea. You know, like, you know that uh, Hungry Jack's is just Burger King, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. What's the joke? So, anyway. Hey, and this is coming from someone who... I've made like nine joke attempts on this podcast so far and none of them have been funny. So, well, I haven't heard anyone laugh. So, the fuck do I know? Right? It's all good. Oh, and also like a bit of personal bit of personal um 
bit of personal information here. It's not so personal, but I just don't want you to think it's going to be like groundbreaking and it's just bullshit, you know. So I did, uh, I do this exercise once, once a year where I write a letter to myself five years ago and a letter to myself five years in the future. And it's exciting because I'm now getting to the point where I've been doing it for so long that I have a letter to myself five years in the future from five years ago. And I mean, that's all very well and good. I have no fucking idea what the letter is, but it's kind of cool to, it's kind of cool to have that, that rep, you know, and just, just so you know, I've been using the word rep a lot. Um, and I mean rep as in like when you go to the gym and you get a rep in, you know? So like the idea is that if I want to build big biceps, I have to do, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't just run through the cords, Louie. Fucking crazy. No, 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 no. You're a good girl. You're a good girl. No, 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 no. Lou, 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 come here. Come here. I know, it's crazy. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. Watch the cords. Watch the cords. Come on. Oh, you're a big girl. You're a big girl. Hey? But if I want to get big biceps, the idea is I have to keep on pulling up weights one at a time and ideally you do like reps and those reps make up a set and then if you do a certain amount of reps by the end of like day 100 you have bigger biceps and by the end of day 1000 you have massive biceps you know so I take that same analogy and just go like right everything that you do in this world is a skill of some sort and that skill can get better or worse depending on your your what do you call it like specific focus on that thing so if you go like right i want to get good at chess well you need to play chess you need to get in the reps you need to keep doing reps until you're good at it until you get to a point where the reps don't feel like reps they just feel like you're doing your thing and then when you're at that point you need to keep going because that's what it takes to be truly great at anything right so I just see shit now as like, right, I'm getting in my reps, I'm getting in my reps, you know, so, you know, I've taken on the ambitious goal of learning 52 songs on the piano this year, I don't know how to play the piano at all, well I do kind of know now because I've been doing it for a couple of weeks, but the idea being that, you know, most days, actually every day, I don't feel like playing the piano, you know, but I have to get in that rep, and the fun part of it where you look forward to going and playing, it probably comes when you know how to play. She just farted. She just farted. She just walked all over my desk, sat down, farted. All good. Hey, next time I'm doing a podcast, just bark at the door and then come and walk all over my desk. And then when you get comfortable, just fart, brother. Just fucking fart, all right? But the idea is that that fun part probably doesn't come until you've done your thousand reps and you're good at doing the thing, right? You know, people see me ripping down the road doing a wheelie and they're like, oh, he's having so much fun. He's listening to his music. He's free. He's just doing this wheelie. He's peeling around the corner. And I am having so much fun. And then they jump on their bike and they're like, eh, eh. and a song comes on they don't like and they're like, oh, fuck. Hang on, get your phone out, put that away. Oh, my fucking tire's flat. It doesn't, none of that thing. Yeah, dude, I know. I know exactly that feeling because I did that a thousand times before I got good at what I'm doing. And now I got to the point that I'm fun, having fun at doing it. And now it's just like, yeah, put your fucking headphones in, go out, pull the front wheel up, la da da da, let people know, run a clinic if you have to, and that is fun. So when I start to apply this across the board and you go, okay, cool, you know, like the podcast, even episode 100, where I've spoken to the camera for an hour at a time or 45 minutes at a time, even episode 100 has heaps of improvement, which means that this particular skill set requires a lot more reps than what I've already put in. And that's fine. 
Now, when I look at this exercise of writing, you didn't think I was going to full circle this. You thought I'd fucking gone off on a massive tangent and forgot what I was talking about, like I already have done twice before in this podcast. Who cares? Keep going. This five year ago and five year ahead of me letter to myself and from myself. Now that I've done it so many times, it's like, and they're spaced a year apart. I can now feel myself developing a real understanding of what's actually valuable in that letter. So through, and realistically, like I'm only talking from a point of view of doing this for five or six or seven years. Imagine when I've done this every year for 10 years, when I've done it for long enough that after I've written the letter, I have enough hindsight and forethought mixed together to go, I need to put this somewhere safe so that I can actually read it in five years time. You know, you only get that after like year five where you're like, I've been doing this for so long, where are they? And then you realize like why that's important. And you go, oh, okay. So it took five reps that are a year apart for me to understand like, oh, okay. That is like, this is super valuable doing this thing. You're not going to get into that just yet, but that's very valuable. But this has more value in five years time when I can look back and go like, oh, I thought I was going to be on this trajectory or this path or in this position. I'm actually way over here. And that's good because of this reason. And that's bad because of this reason and da, da, da. But... The crazy part about this letting, and especially writing a letter to yourself five years ago, the first thing you do is you say, what, what happened? Where was I five years ago? What was I doing? And then when you get that piece of information, you then straight away go into a comparative mode and you're doing it right now. You're thinking while I'm talking, going like, what was I doing? I guess I would have been working this job. Oh, I just bought that car. I just got rid of that person out of my life. Rah, rah, rah. And then you go, oh, what am I doing now? Well, I still have that car. I still had that person ended up coming back in my life or I got myself out of this job and into this job. And actually back then I remember being really happy or back then I remember being really sad, you know, and something that I realized when I wrote this letter to myself and it's a seven page handwritten letter, you know, and I, I take it seriously. I write it as if I'm writing a letter to my Nana. I try not to make any mistakes. If I do, I don't wipe them out. I don't go that far. But I definitely do like neatly scribble them out so you can't read it and then write the word correctly next to it, not like on top of it or some bullshit. And I realized that in the past five years, I have seen the worst days of my life and the best days of my life. And that's crazy because I was a professional athlete up until I was 18. And being a professional athlete in anything that's as um anaerobically demanding as skating so you know if you've done you know track and field or cycling or you know something that you know i'm you know not like fucking darts or something and you know there'll be someone that's like darts actually is really fucking hard it's like yeah but you can be a smoker and play darts you know what i mean like shut the fuck up i'm talking about real shit that you've got to rock up you got to train twice a day for six days a week for years at a time to be anywhere in the top 100 people in the world you know, like real shit. And man, that's highs and lows. That's highs and lows, you know? Your lows are when you, uh, most of the time when you're training, you know what I mean? Like beating your body down until there is nothing more, just so you can recover and just so you can do it again. Just so on game day, you've got the shit it takes to actually be in the running. So you, you already know that your body can sustain that sort of damage. Now you all you got to do is mix it up with a pack sort of thing. And then when you have those wins, you know, or you do a place better, or you do a time better, or you you perform a little bit better, or you get something down in your technique, or you get your corners better, or maybe you get accepted onto a team, or maybe you go professional, or maybe you move overseas, all these massive things, right? And then in my early 20s, 
right? So this five year period that I'm covering is from 25 to 30. In my early 20s, between 20 and 25, I had such a tumultuous time with relationships and decisions and trying to understand who the fuck I am and what I'm doing and what my purpose is and all these things. And in reality, like now I look back at it all, it was just all kind of essential steps that everyone has to go through and get that bullshit out of the way so you can start worrying about shit that actually matters. But at the time, it's so powerful, you know, it's so, you know, and I felt that, you know, the highest and lowest points would have been in that time. And at that point, it had been, you know, I'd had some pretty shocking, not shocking, I want to say horrific, that's too far. I had some pretty detrimental breakups. Um, I had a few decisions that I made that really were not ideal for me. They just, you know, they put me in a position where I had to fucking you know, push it uphill to get out of it. No, just really unessential. Like I didn't need to do that. But also then I, I feel that everything I do is, is for perfect reason and perfectly timed because it's part of a greater plan. And I can rely on that and I let my intuition guide me by that. So, you know, ob- obviously there's some purpose to it. And I think there's also even things that I'm thinking about right now. I already have direct relation to the current day. It's like, oh, that was valuable because I learned this lesson or I met this person or I experienced this thing. So... It's definitely interesting to then think like, oh, my early 20s were actually more significant than my teenage years. And then reflecting the other day, I, I was like, where I started five years ago, I was, I was in hell. I was in hell. I was in a relationship that was toxic and it was a continuous loop of like narcissism and, uh, well, and like just pointlessness, you know, like everything was pointless. Like you would argue about pointless stuff and like you get excited about pointless stuff. And like after a certain amount of time, you're just like, like you're like, none of this is really even stimulating. I feel like I'm just in this like roller coaster of like, oh, you know, argue, make up, do something extravagant, argue, make up, do something extravagant. And like, you know, I, I'm not bad mouthing anyone in the, in the relationship either. It was just like a fucking horrible combination of people, you know? So, And I thought about that as well, like how come if I was so sad, why didn't I just get out of it? And again, when you're addicted to something, it's not like it's the voice of Satan telling you to do something. It's not like, it's not like someone's sitting there going like, have another cigarette, Jake. It'll make you feel good. It's just you. It's just you saying, I might have another cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. It'll help me. Yeah, it'll make me shit easier, you know, or I'll, it'll make me be part of this conversation or oh, it'll make this situation a little bit more bearable or it'll take stress off or I'm celebrating or something. It's your voice saying that, you know. And when I think about how sad I was and why I didn't just change my situation, it's because you don't have any real comparison when you're in the depths of sad, you know. And I even feel like now I'm in a really exciting, fun part of my life and I see people that are gripped with depression and I think, why don't you just not be depressed? And I think that's a fairly natural thing to think when you're not depressed. And it's because when you're depressed, there is no option but to feel the way you're feeling. And in this sadness that I had like produced for myself through my decision-making and through my you know, experimenting with life, I guess, I thought that I had created like this optimal situation that was at best, you know, a four out of 10, but that was my new 10. It's like, that was the ceiling that I built for myself. So therefore I was like justifying it and I was reasoning with it. And 
the crazy part about that even is like I relate that a lot to and I'm going to put myself out on a limb here because this kind of excludes myself from particular conversations and I'm not saying it in a pretentious way I'm saying it in a way that this is an observation that I've made but I see that situation and that shitty relationship as how most people how most people run their lives in general they work a job they don't like doing working with people they fucking hate married to people that they hate probably just as much and defending all of it because their ceiling is so fucking low and their head's pressed up against it and their shoulders are touching it and they're just like, nah, I love having a sore back. And it's like, you just haven't been in another room for a while, you know? And it's sad because it's not like you marry someone because you hate them, you marry them because you love them and you love them because you spent this time Getting to when you first meet someone, you just don't want to spend any single fucking moment apart. You you fall in lust, and that lust turns into love, and then that love turns into a relationship. And then, unfortunately, what happens is, is as that relationship grows, your time for each other lessens because you have to get back to the real world. You can't keep having sick days. You can't keep taking all this time off. You can't just keep spending a week together and going to Bali. You have to eventually get back to a point where you're like, oh, we both just have lives, you know. And then all of a sudden. You spend more time with Darren from work than you do from with your missus at home. And you just wonder like, why all of a sudden, like, do I hate her, but I'm really good mates with Darren? Well, you fucking spend all your time with Darren, you know what I mean? Like, whether you want to or not, good or bad, you're going to be sp- hanging out with him. Now, I'm pretty sure when it comes to marriage vows, isn't the idea good or bad, you're going to hang out with them? Whether shit gets hard or easy, the idea is it's them, right? But... The modern reality isn't even that. You get home from work and you're so fucked that you don't even want to talk to them. You just want to be on Instagram and see all the other options that are available in your local area, right? And that's what that is. And if you don't think that's true, you're lying to yourself. And that's fine. That's fine. I'll lie to you too if you want. So, and also don't forget on Instagram, they're not posting bad pictures of themselves. They're posting the most flattering angles of all time. And then you look across and she's like ripping a fart, eating a bag of chips or something. And you're just like, oh, true, true. All good, you know? And also, by, by the way, Riz, I'm not talking about you. I told, I told everyone I'm excluding myself. I'm not in that situation, right? Because obviously I have a fucking very abnormal situation. I've got, to, I've got myself to a point now where I, I have like real time and decision. You know what I mean? I don't have any money. So I don't have like ultimate freedom where I can just go like, oh, I'm going to fucking buy a helicopter today. But I do have this crazy thing where I just wake up and decide what I'm going to do, you know? Like I went to F45 and on the way back, I'm like, you know what? Fucking feeling it. Let's record a podcast. Let's start this Monday with a bang. Let's get it moving. And I did that. And then after this, I don't know, I'll probably go out for coffee, you know? And if the shit that I've got written on my diary to do doesn't really, you know, take my fancy that much, I might take the morning off. And a lot of people don't have that. And let me tell you, do that for long enough. The first year, you're kind of in such a like a... It's funny, you're in a panic state. You're in a panic state because what we're wired to do is to chase money, right? Now, if you really want to inspire someone to chase money, here's what you do. You put them in debt because even when they're in debt, even when they're sick, they go to work. Even when something crazy is going on at home or their parents are dying or what, they still go to work. Why? They got to. They got to go to work, right? And then what happens is they have kids And then their kids grow up and they turn 17 and they're like, oh, you know, I want a car. And it's like, yeah, we'll go fucking buy a car. 
oh, but all the cars I can afford are shithouse. Well, you really need to have a good, safe car. Just go get a loan. Here's how it works. You go to the bank, you say, I want to buy this, you know, 2012 Ford Rodeo space cab. And uh, I've got, you know, I, I saved, I've saved up my own money, right? I've already got 470 bucks. I just need to borrow the other $22,500 if that's possible. And they're like, yeah, dude, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Here's some paperwork, okay? It's a seven-year loan. It's a 53.9% interest rate, which is actually very good for your age. And this will help because it helps build up a credit rating. So when you want to buy a house later on, you know, so they're already setting in your mind like, yeah, this this is cute debt. We've got real debt later on coming for you, but don't worry about that just yet. This personal loan is just for you, okay? So the repayments... Super cheap, okay, because you've got the loan over 14 years, the, the repayments are only $79 uh, every three days. But just get used to paying that because how this works is like what you actually do, here's how you figure out your wage. You're like, oh, I earn $100,000 a year, I pay $40,000 of it in tax, and I automatically have to take off about $20,000 of that for my rent or whatever. And then on top of that, you're going to have you know, your, your other repayments, your personal loan, your car loan, your reconsolidation loan for the four loans you had when you were 17 and blah, blah, blah. But basically the idea is you're always going to be in debt, okay? If you're always in debt, this means that you're always going to need money, okay? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you've got debt. Oh, well, ding, 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 ding. So this means that if you're always in debt and you always need money, you need to always be geared in a way that you're like, okay, money positive, money positive, right? And Unfortunately, what you really need to do is be like $10,000 past what you actually need at all times. That's a real safe spot. $10,000 will get you out of most situations that you're going to face in your life that are like real emergencies. You need to travel overseas. You need to get this surgery. You need to get your dog uh, fucking, you know, that legs broke or something. But $10,000 is about right. But everyone everyone pretty much operates at about 30 cents above what they actually need. So they're like, cool, my, my, my real outgoing living expenses are like $1,000 a week. So I just got to make $1,000.30 a week. And I'm fucking, I'm gravy, brother. I can keep pumping them vapes. I can keep going out on a Saturday night. I can keep up with my car repayments, even though it's fucked in the shed. Right, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Oh, and I've afterpaid one of my speeding bills because I can't. I can't just can't afford it this week. There's so many things going on. I got to get. I got to get the house cleaned. You know, I got to wash my car. I got all these things that they can just do themselves, but they pay money to do it. Anyway, too far down the rabbit hole. <clears throat> Point being is, you're always looking for money. You're always looking for money. So what people do is they get security. They go and get a job. And the reason they want full time is because it means they get sick leave, they get holiday leave, and every week they're getting that same amount of money. So that means you can start to build structure in your life, right? Oh, it's all starting to resonate. This is your life, right? Oh yeah, I make I make $700 a week. My outgoings are $450 a week, which means I've got quick math, whatever that is left per week to spend on whatever I want to do. And what do you do? You do whatever you want to do. Unfortunately, and what, what did I say? You got 700, you spend 400, you got like 200, 250, whatever. I think it's like 250. Say you got 250 bucks a week left. What actually happens is you go out and you spend 350. However that works, you just spend 350, right? So you've then got this structure that you can go on. You're like, cool, I'm all good. I can... I can go to work, I can do my thing, you know, if I'm really not vibing my job every now and then I can pull a sickie, you know, I can say, oh yeah, I'm going to Melbourne in fucking November, I'm going to take that time off and you get the time off and you go to Melbourne and you come back. But the idea is you're always coming back, you're always rocking up tomorrow, you've got a full-time job because you're going to be here, right? And what that does, what that does, and I'm telling you this from my perspective of not operating in that system 
for about two or three years. And please, please remember that the fucking 10 years before that, I did operate in the system. So I am very, very fucking aware of what is going on versus what is happening, right? Because this, like, I'm now at a point where I'm like chilling out. That first year that you get out of the system, you're still wide. I've got to get money. I've got to get money. I've got to get money. You know, now I have no debt. I haven't had debt for about six years now. I got myself out of debt and I was like, wow, that's fucked, right? Because no one ever, you're never really out of debt. But then when you get out of debt, you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm in my 20s and I don't have any debt. You know, I can just do anything I want now. So if I have a thousand bucks, that's just my thousand bucks. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so that first year, I'm still like staying awake at night, like, fuck, I've only got 17 bucks to my name. How am I going to live? And what, what, what's going to happen if someone needs, rah, rah, rah. you know, like you're still on that, like kind of like flighty response, like fuck, I need to make money. And now I'm at a point where like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Two weeks ago, I had $70 in my account as a 30 year old. Hey, citizen of the year nominee, but as a 30 year old, 70 bucks in my account. And it didn't worry me because money comes and money goes and I'm good at what I do and I'm confident in what I do and I have faith in myself and I have faith in the greater picture and I know that I don't have to worry about that. And the more I worry about it, the further away it gets, right? So I just relax. And when I relax, I have time and I have energy. Now you're probably thinking, okay, well, I've got my security of my income. I have my full-time status. I know that I make $1,500 a week. Mate, I'm on $220,000 a year. I've got all the fucking time and energy in the world. You don't. You don't. Because every day you put on whatever uniform you have to put on. I'm sure there's a little, little baby compartment, tiny room in the back of your mind that has some sort of feeling about that, whether it's resentment or you like your uniform or... Yeah, I just like it if we got to wear brown instead of blue or like, I wouldn't mind getting some new boots. These ones are a bit, whatever. And then got to go to work and then you've got to say hello to everyone. And then you've got to go through that bullshit morning routine that you do, whether it's a pre-start or a JSA or a, or a fucking huddle or whatever it might be, or standing around the water cooler. And then you do your job. Now, whatever your job is, it takes bandwidth, it takes energy, it takes focus. That's literally why you're getting paid because you have to do something. You have to do a thing that is some, right? Something, you. So you then do that and then you go to Smoko and then you either do have your conversation with your workmates or whatever it might be or maybe you put a podcast in so you can escape the reality that you're at this place just for 15 minutes listening to someone else's voice living a better life than you. And I don't, I was actually thinking about me in that situation, listening to someone like Tom Segura, not you listening to me on your work break. I'm not living a better life. I'm living a different life. You know what? Fuck it. It's probably better. I can do wheelies. Okay. So then you go back to work. You go do that something that you're getting paid to do again. You go to lunch, you avoid them with your podcast or you listen to them. And then you do your last bit and then you go home and you drive home and you get stuck in traffic and you're running out of fuel. You got to get fuel. You got to do this thing. You get home at six o'clock. Oh. I had more time to think before Smoko than what you did the whole day. Which means that I'm probably thinking more in one day about shit that just comes to me, that is just available, that's just in the infinite awareness that is waiting for me to pluck it out and turn it into inspiration and execute it into this world, changing it forever. I get more of that in a day than you do in a week. 
And then you do that over and 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 over again. You get to a point where I'm just like, oh wow, my world is quiet. I don't actually advertise any of my skills. I promote what I do and then people come to me and get me to do their jobs. The city comes to me and tells me, you've been nominated for Citizen of the Year and we're appropriating that by actually following through with a nomination, right? The city came to me and said, you're doing cool things. Do you want to make an event? And I had time to think about it and say yes. And now I have time to execute it and do it the absolute best that I possibly can. And man, I say this because if you can do this, you definitely should. And it's scary, man, because A, I know that you can. That's the biggest thing. I don't even need to know who you are. If If I did it, the most average dude, you can do it. Maybe you can't do what I can do, but you can do what you can do. And what you can do is completely left up to what you think you can do, what you can put faith into you doing, right? Think back about when I explained that roller disco, right? Just before, like 20 minutes ago, whatever it was, I told you, I told you. That goal is so far out of my, my reach, out of my expectation of myself, out of what I think I can possibly do, and watch me fucking do it. Because I don't have faith in the project itself, I've got faith in me that I've done enough reps and enough things that that rep, sure, is bigger and it's got more knobs on it and it's a little bit more scary, but it's just a rep and I've done reps. Reps don't scare me, right? And just know that it is scary. B, it is scary. I am scared every day. I'm not scared that, I'm not scared of the work that it takes and like as I said before like it's a very contradicting thing to say you've got freedom and time but yet you're scared I'm scared that this is so fucking optimally living that something might happen and it will be taken away from me and I'm trying to create a bulletproof strategy and a bulletproof character that can withstand anything that is thrown at me but the truth is if a nuclear bomb is dropped tomorrow it's all taken away from me if the internet stops tomorrow it's all taken away from me you know, you wake up with a fucking tickle in your throat and you've got throat cancer, it's all taken away from me, you know? And even with each of those situations, as I'm saying them, my mind's like, oh, you could do this, you could do that, could do that. Yeah, but the point is, yeah, it's scary. And as I said earlier in this podcast, I lean on intuition. I go with the wind. If it doesn't feel right, even if it's worth a lot of money, I don't do it, right? And that's fucking scary because you have to trust every day that you're believing in an invisible spirit-like sense that guides you on your path, that everything that happens to you is for a reason and it's part of a greater picture. That's so fucking scary. But you know what the payoff is? I have time and energy to record this podcast and tell you about it. And shit, dude, that's the fucking end of the podcast. Did you hear that? That was perfect. Are you kidding me? Be good to your mum, guys, because we are fucking out. Yahoo!